<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Cusier, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And tonight, I'd like to introduce all of you creeps to the Crypt Keeper's podcast, hosted by Spooky Bruce and Horror Ryan. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Grace on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Uh, uh, she hosted a virtual baby shower for her sister. Right. Right. So they, she did it through Zoom. And had a bunch of their uh, or her friends and relatives from both sides of the family. I was in the other room waiting on you because we were going to play D&D that day. Yeah. And so I just started playing Pirates, Sid Meier's Pirates, that game from 2004. Yeah, we talked yeah. about it. Yeah, we talked about that before, yeah. But I didn't realize. I thought I had the volume real low. Mm-hmm. But someone asked during the shower, what's that pirate music? <laughs> and so apparently... <laughs> I inadvertently provided a soundtrack for the wet, the baby shower. Yeah, it was just pirate shanties. <laughs> okay, that's a win. <laughs> right, they should thank you. Yeah, they should. I mean, they should thank me anyway, just because. I mean, why not? Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, thank you. Oh, <laughs> you ready to get started? Let's do it. All right. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crypt Keepers. I'm Spooky Bruce. And I'm Horror Ryan. This is a show where we examine the HBO horror anthology theater. <laughs> this is a show where we examine the HBO horror anthology series Tells from the Crypt and the comics that inspired it. This time, we're taking a look at the 10th episode of season 2, The Ventriloquist Dummy, based on the story from Tales from the Crypt number 28. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Well, better now. Once again, <laughs> the recording curse has struck the Capitals. Yeah, my favorite hockey team has. I think this is the third time in a row. Third time this has happened. Yeah. You've come to watch hockey before we record, and every time they lose. Yeah, it's okay. But I'd rather see my friend than yeah. my team win. Aww. So it's really their fault. It is their fault. They did not have the respect for me to win while I was watching. That's right. Yeah. And you know what was worse? What's that? I had to hear. Five hours of jackhammer. Yes. Today. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing. No, no. It's it, I'm. It, my brain is so fried because um, for those out there listening, we're recording in my basement. And when we first moved into this house like six months ago, maybe, yeah. um, discovered there was a few cracks and we are getting those repaired in the basement. And I thought that I could work. I work from home. That I could work while they were jackhammering. Nope. I miss. I misunderstood the powerful <laughs> nature of the jackhammer, um, because it was right below my feet. Because mm-hmm. uh, where my office is, where I do my daily nine to five, mm-hmm. it's on the first floor. The cracks needing repair is in the basement, and they're right below it. My office. Yeah. So basically, I was just working all day with just <laughs> like my feet were shaking oh, they, no. when they were touching the ground because just everything was just shaking. Yeah, we're about 10 feet from giant holes in your floor and wall right now. And there's like concrete dust, dust everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> they still need to come back and finish everything. But hopefully by the end of the week, all this we will be behind us. We may get mesothelioma from this. <laughs> Once I look up and discover what that is, I'll have an appropriate that's response. You, it, it's what you hear in those commercials about uh, asbestos. Oh, right? you know, you hear late at night, you see, or you see them late at night. They're like, "Have you been exposed to asbestos? Do you have mesothelioma?" Oh, or those could actually be two different commercials I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that the, like have merged in my brain. The TV commercials that I remember from middle of the night yeah. is don't be alone tonight. Just pick up the phone. Uh, me and Chris Cochran still use that when uh, we leave each other messages. Right. We go pick up the phone. Now, it's funny that you mentioned that because, <laughs> God, 10 years ago, I was working in an office job and I would just would randomly sing that first part. <laughs> don't be alone tonight. And... Because I remember somebody said something about tonight, and I was like, don't be alone tonight. <laughs> and a dude who I didn't know yeah. 
from a different department was walking past my desk and he said, pick up the phone. <laughs> so for those who don't know, I don't know if this was a local thing or if this was national. But it, was a, it seemed like it was a local phone number. It, I guess. Yeah, I have no but idea. it was for a sex line. Yeah. And it had these the jingle uh, models, mm-hmm. quote unquote models, singing a uh, jingle very out of tune. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and quote, quote, unquote, seductively. Yeah. Right. I like, pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, anybody who was a teenager between like 1990 and 1998. Yeah. Has heard that song. Yeah. In in our region, and so that's a that's a tell sign. That's really funny that you have a similar story. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so funny. oh boy, oh boy, man. Um, some positive news. Yeah, what's that? Uh, something that's even better than hearing a jackhammer all day. What's that? Some of the new movies. Oh yeah, what'd you watch? Natalie and I have been watching. I, I wrote down three. Mm-hmm. One is Alligator. Oh, love Alligator. It. <sighs> I'm going to take some heat. Yeah. I'll take the heat. Okay. It's better than Jaws. That, ooh, man, those are fighting words. It might. Because I, 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 I think I, even, I have spoken to you before about how Jaws is one of the few perfect movies. Now, I'm not saying influential. Okay. I understand the place no, that because, Jaws has. Well, I think, if I remember correctly, Alligator is one of the uh, many Jaws rips off, rip-offs that right. came out. Right, know, yeah. You know, yeah. The late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that w- I showed you another one. Which which one? What Nightwing. Oh, yeah, Nightwing. With yeah, the bats. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That yes. was trash. That was trying not to be racist, but came around back to being racist. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Sort of. That one was a bit much, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about it. Maybe yeah. I have to rewatch Jaws. Yeah. But I will say, just by itself, Alligator was fucking awesome. No, Alligator. I love Alligator. Um, another one we watched. God damn it, Nally and I. Shout out to our friend Sean, friend of the show. We are watching <laughs> the Child's Play franchise with mm-hmm. him, and we got to Seed of Chucky. <laughs> The simultaneous low point and high point of the franchise. <laughs> I'm. I, I feel like someone could write a thesis about uh-huh. just that movie. Yeah, because the plot is so convoluted. Mm-hmm. There is a small nugget of a really good story of um, gender and sexual identity. Yeah, and acceptance. And acceptance. Yeah. Twenty years before its time. Right. But it's wrapped up in. Raping someone with a what do they call it? The um, turkey baster, turkey baster, yeah, and souls being put into bodies. And one of the most horrific puppets I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's you're talking, just you're talking about their child, yes, whose, whose name I can't remember. It slips my um, mind right now. Um, Glenn, Glenn, yes, yeah. I just I want to hate it, <laughs> but I want to love it. I, I don't know. And Natalie, stri- right when the credits roll, she's like, yeah. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. And it, it, it's Don Mancini is like, I think, feeling the height of his powers at that point. It's like, oh, man. it's ridiculous. Just lean into how ridiculous. Right. The whole setup is. Yeah. And just the the meta jokes of Hollywood and stardom. Yeah. With Jennifer Tilly, the mm-hmm. immortal, legendary Jennifer yeah. Tilly. Playing Jennifer Tilly. Right. And playing. Yeah. <laughs> Tiff, Tiff, yeah, it's it's a bit much, but it, in a group setting, mm-hmm. intoxicated, yeah, seed of Chucky's a great time. So I have to ask you: Is it better than three? Oh, at the military academy, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I'd say three so far because mm-hmm. I haven't watched everything else. Um, I've only seen the first one all the way up to seed of Chucky. Mm-hmm. Third one's the worst. Because yeah, you have you have curse and cult left. Yeah, and then the TV series. And, and yes, the TV series, the excellent, excellent TV series, which which I think we've talked about before. We yeah, yeah. we talked about it. I just this is the whole reason that we really started mm-hmm. watching Child's Play because it's just one of those franchises that just passed me by. Yeah, because I was watching Friday Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. And I just never got around to Child's yeah. Play, and now that I'm watching them as an adult, the first and second one great. Yeah, third one. It's just mad, but it suffers 
from being boring. Mm-hmm. Like it probably is a better movie than Seed of Chucky, uh-huh. but Seed of Chucky is never boring. There's always yeah. something fucked up that you're gonna watch. Right. And like I said, you watch it in a group setting. Every, you're gonna everyone's gonna hoop and holler because <laughs> it's, it's just a party. It, yeah. It's a party movie. But I still I'm gonna put my favorite so far is a tie between Child's Play One uh-huh. and Bride of Chucky. Okay. Bride of Chucky rules. I think once you get to the TV series, I, I, granted they aren't movies, but I think the uh, of the franchise, I think the, the TV series will be your favorite that they've done. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited for sure. Um, a movie that we just recently talked about, uh-huh. the last one I have on my list, um, but I would say my pick for the week yeah. is Alligator. Okay. Give yeah. it a shot, people. It's a, it's, a, it's a gem. There were uh, a lot of those Jaws ripoffs oh, that yeah. came out then that actually stand up just on their own as good, oh, as for good sure. fun movies. Yeah. Uh, Grizzly by the great late great Louisvillian William Girdler oh. is one of those. I've Highly never seen that. Yeah, it's good. Oh, I have to put that on the list. Um, but definitely Alligator is my number one. The, the movie we watched recently was called The Dark and the Wicked. Yes. And it's a, a possession mm-hmm. movie, supernatural, and I we really liked it, and it mm-hmm. gave us nightmares. Oh wow! Like we were, I, I wouldn't say I had nightmares. Natalie said she did, but I just couldn't fall asleep that night because mm. it was just it was unsettling enough, but yeah. they didn't show you a lot. I, you know, I know it got a lot of critical acclaim, and I was very excited to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the three. 365 horror movies and TV shows I watched last year, but it went in my eyeballs and it instantly evaporated. Do you remember, remember anything if, about it? Do you remember even if you liked it? I remember being like another fucking movie about grief. Yeah. 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 I think that like you were saying, like in the late seventies, early eighties, there was this small fad of animal related movies, yeah. obviously relating to jaws. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is a modern equivalent to grief oh every ghost story has to be about grief right except there's one modern ghost story series that is not really about grief um i mean this kind of segue into what what i was going to talk about yeah i haven't watched a lot of horror recently like i've said but i've been playing a lot of horror games right um like i've been playing um dead by daylight which is one of those asymmetrical games where you have one person hunting for other people right Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have added a bunch of characters from different horror franchises to it. Like you can you can download Freddy, Pinhead. Um, Isn't um, Art the Clown? Uh, no, not Art the Clown. Someone there's a clown kind of character. I don't think it's mm-hmm. Art the Clown. Um, but to your interests, uh, today I played in the Raccoon City Police Department from two with a guy who was playing Leon Kennedy yeah, from and, Resident Evil. Uh, but we were being hunted by Pyramid Head. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> so, but that got me. I was like, you know, uh, I've never played uh, Silent Hill three. I've never played any. Oh, really? Silent Hill. No, I, I'm a, a Resident Evil fanboy. Right. I was. I was the Silent Hill fanboy. Oh. And I never finished two. Uh, but I noticed they're on the PlayStation, or not PlayStation, but Xbox Store for like uh, a collection of them for eight bucks. The two oh. of the games. So I downloaded them and playing them. But also in Dead by Daylight, they just added the Japanese version of, of Samara from the ring. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was like, I want to watch the ring again. So I've been going, I'm starting to go through the Japanese series. I like Ringu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. So I, I don't think I've ever seen the original American ring. Oh, it's great. I've only seen Ringu. It's very similar. I mean, they're, they're almost shot for shot in some aspects, the same mm-hmm. movie. Right. Um, I love them both, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I want to go through the Japanese versions again, even though I read, I read the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are four other books in the series, and they get dumb. Oh, they get so dumb. <laughs> the movies, not so much. The movies are hitting this, but I'm, I'm trying to go back through them again. Right? Do yeah. you think the ring is underrated? No, no. I think it. I think it's rated exactly like it's supposed to be. It's it. It's both of them. The American and Japanese versions are. Uh, well, I should say the original Japanese version and the American version are both like modern. Well, not even not, maybe not even moderate because they're twenty years old now. Right. But they're both, you know, masterpiece ghost stories. Do you, what's the other ghost story around that same time? You think of the Grudge? Yes. Okay, so I've never seen that. There. Okay, so just to just to make it weird, right? We talk about how Halloween has its that weird fractured like timeline. Oh yeah. Right. So does the Ring. 
Oh. So there was a Ring TV show. Right? This is the Japanese. A ja- there's a, there, before there was a movie, there was a TV show, and it had two seasons. Oh, wow. Right? Then at the same time, they made a movie. A year later, they made a sequel to that movie, but it bombed. Oh. So they brought back the same people and made a sequel, a second sequel, or like a second version of the sequel oh. a year after that. So within like a two-year period, you have three Ring movies. Two of them, the the official quote-unquote sequel to the first one. Oh, wow. Then, I never knew that. Then there is a prequel to all three of them that came out called Birthday. <laughs> Then, uh, uh, a few years ago, there were uh, Sadako 3D and Sadako 3D 2, which are follow-ups, direct sequels, to the bomb sequel, mm-hmm. right? And then they have another movie called Sadako. It might, it might be called Tide. I can't remember which, which one it is. That is a follow-up to the second redo S- sequel. Successful. Yes. <laughs> And so do, does the timeline of the bombed and the successful sequel match up? Or no, they're completely I don't, separate I, I, don't, timelines? I don't know. They get really, really convoluted. We just confused everybody. Yeah, who's yeah listening. this might be cut out. But yeah, so I've been, I'm, I'm trying to go back through the ring. Wow, and, that's and, cool. And been playing a horror video games. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I just have to track down a translation of uh, the TV series. Right. There was one on YouTube. But the translation is spotty. Like I was watching it. I don't speak Japanese, but I was like, that can't be what they're saying. <laughs> that that doesn't that doesn't fit the story or what's Blood curly right scream. I want a cupcake. Yeah. That's not what <laughs> yeah. they said. And I don't think the last movie has been translated yet. Oh, okay. Into either uh subtitles or overdubbed. Wow. Yeah. Well, speaking of classics, yes. Such as The Ring. Yes. We got a classic today. Oh, my God. I loved this episode. It's S-tier. It's this is S-tier. When, when you think about Tales from the Crypt, you think about episodes like the ventriloquist's dummy. Yes. Yeah. 100%. This is amazing. <laughs> it's, and the weird thing is, is it's really a two-actor show. It is. Which is crazy. It's just. Uh, there's a third actor in there, maybe. We'll get into it. I don't know. Yeah. We, no. we couldn't figure this one out. You ready to go on this train? Yeah. Oh, remind me. There is something very weird in this episode. Oh. It's a little bit gross. Maybe a little bit incestuous. I know the word inbred is in there. Yeah. Okay. We'll get into it. Let's go. All right. Let's toot, toot. go. The Ventriloquist Dummy, directed by Richard Donner and written by Frank Darabont, starring Bobcat Goldthwait. And Mr. Warmth himself, Don Rickles. I don't know what. This is a difficult fucking word to say. Ventriloquist? Ventriloquist. Yeah, it is. I'm tongue-tied, too, so. (laughs) Aspiring ventriloquist Billy tracks down his idol, the reclusive Mr. Ingalls, to ask Ingalls to come to his first ever performance. Ingalls, a retired ventriloquist himself, hasn't performed since a tragic fire killed his girlfriend and disfigured his hand, which he now keeps covered. That night... Billy stinks up the stage. Later, at a nightclub bar, Mr. Ingalls tells Billy not to give up his day job. Walking home, Billy discovers a woman murdered, her throat ripped out, and covered in gasoline. Billy realizes he last saw the woman with Mr. Ingalls and rushes to confront him. Mr. Ingalls reveals the truth. His hand wasn't crippled in the fire. He keeps it covered because in place of a hand is his murderous conjoined twin. (laughs) <laughs> Ryan is like is like fist pumping. <laughs> yeah. He was never a ventriloquist. His conjoined twin was disguised as the, as the dummy. <laughs> the twin's will is stronger than Mr. Ingalls, forcing him to do things against his own will. It was his twin that killed his girlfriend years ago and the woman tonight. Attempting to rid himself of the evil twin, Mr. Ingalls lops him off at the wrist, but in return, the twin bites out his throat. Billy is about to kill the twin, when the twin makes a deal to help Billy realize his dream of being a ventriloquist. Sometime later, Billy is performing on stage, when the evil twin somehow grasps himself onto Billy and reveals himself to the public. Dun dun dun! dun. I guess! That's good. Oh, I like that. It's so good. When, I know what part you said is gross. 
I it hit me while you were in the middle of your thing. It's hilarious. I, uh, what do you th- okay? What do you think? It's written down. No, it's not. It's the hooker. Okay, why do you think it's gross? Because we'll get there. Okay, okay, okay. We might get there. I don't know if you. Do you know how giddy we are right now? What's that? We're so excited. We're so excited. I can tell the energy in this room. I I was watching this earlier at my kitchen table. I had for, completely forgotten about this episode, mm-hmm. right? And I was like, I went into it like, eh, all right, fine. We're gonna do this stereotypical story where. He's being controlled by the, the 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 dummy. You know, we've seen this a thousand times before. We've seen it in Batman. We've seen it in mm-hmm. everything, right? Yep. But then when they have the reveal, I jumped up from my seat and was like shaking my hands, like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it, this episode turns into the Evil Dead real quick. Yes, it does. It, it's great, real quick. And this is the first time I think that we've gotten real gore. It's the yeah, I could see that. I think this is really the first episode of the second season that's really macabre. Yeah. That's really like disturbing. Yeah. Everything think, else is about lust or jealousy. I think that um the first episode we covered was disturbing just because of how uh Jeffrey Tambor was behaving when he killed Demi Moore's character. Right. When he was screaming. But <laughs> Oh man. Oh, this is fantastic. Are we ready? Yeah, let's go into the breakdown. Let's do this. The episode opens with the Crypt Keeper opening a box with a ventriloquist dummy inside. And he does say that this doll is from Battle Scream, Michigan. Oh. Oh. (laughs) He says you won't see his lips move because he doesn't have any. (laughs) But you do see his lips move. They do. (laughs) The dummy says that he doesn't want to hear about this uh, tale tonight. And the Crypt Keeper throws him into a fire. So he immediately opens the box with the dummy. It says something smart ass and he yeah. kills it. Yeah. Quick. All right. Well, this, this episode starts. Mr. Ingalls. Oh, you know what we did not do? The cast? Yeah. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> do it, Bruce. All right. We got too excited. We did get too excited. So we'll get into Bobcat Goldthwait first. His name is hard to pronounce. It really is. Um, so he, he plays Billy. The mm-hmm. aspiring uh, ventriloquist. He's a stand-up comedian known for his like really dark humor, and he he has mostly had a career as an actor and as a director where like that dark humor really shows through. I didn't know as he had directed. Oh yeah, like I think he's directed more than he's like acted. Oh cool. So you know you know him from like the Police Academy movies, Police Academy Four, <laughs> Citizens on Patrol, um, uh, and Scrooged. He's one of the TV executives in that. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in, uh, this is actually his first of two Tales from the Crypt episodes. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. But as a director, he did, uh, oh, God, he did that movie Shakes the Clown. It's What's a really that? dark uh, dark comedy about a dude. Like I think He's a clown who becomes a bank robber or something, if I remember correctly. Oh, I've never seen it. Um, he directed episodes of The Chappelle Show. Uh, really? Yeah, he was. He directed like several hundred episodes of the Jimmy Kimmel Live. Oh wow! Yeah, um, huh. uh, he did an episode of uh, Community. He did several seasons of The Man Show as a director. Mm. Um, he also did this awesome found footage Bigfoot movie called Willow Creek. Hmm. It is great. Oh, I've it's never heard really of it. disturbing. Wow. Yeah, hmm. like it's kind of you know it's kind of a run of the mill people lost in the woods. Um, you know, found footage movie, it, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it, it has its own merits. Right. But that ending Ooh. is really, really disturbing. Ooh, cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, we also have, let's see. Uh, oh, Frank Durabont was the writer on this. We talked about, um, we've talked about, uh, uh Richard Donner before. Oh yeah. Uh, the late, great Richard Donner, mm-hmm. rest in peace. Rip. Um, but, but making his first appearance, on Tales from the Crypt. And this might be, I think, actually, this is his first of two episodes is Frank Darabont, mm-hmm. uh, which I you know I was really, really surprised because I thought he had a much bigger output than he I, does. I know I've heard the name. Yeah. Um, so he wrote Night Round Elm Street Part 3. He wrote The Blob, the remake of The Blob. Oh, which fucking is awesome. One of those remakes that is far superior to the original. I think the remake is a classic. Yeah. Uh, he wrote The Fly 2. Um, he wrote and directed Shawshank Redemption, 
Oh, okay. That's uh, how I know. That's yeah. what I know from. It's, that's Green, one of my favorite movies. Green Mile. Yeah. The Mist. Damn. Uh, and he produced and directed several episodes, I believe, of the first two and a half seasons of The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a huge name. Huge, huge name. And then the star of the show, in my opinion. Really? M- Mr. Warmth, Don Rickles. Eh, <laughs> I don't like Don Rickles. You don't like Don Rickles? No. No, I took some time to watch some of his stand-up <laughs> after this. I could see the appeal. Yeah. It's just, I like Bobcat Goldthwait way more, in my opinion. I think he's funnier. Uh, Don Rickles is one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time. He's a legend. Yeah, he is absolute legend. His style was like this very acerbic insult comedy. Mm-hmm. If you were in the front row at his shows, you were doomed. You're getting roasted, oh. right? But it was kind of like a sign of honor to be chosen by him to be roasted, right? Or you know, picked on. And um, it, he he played disdainful of the world around him and himself, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it seems in the interviews and stuff, people talk about he's not that way. Mm-hmm. Just he was when he was on. Yeah, that was the way he was. Where like nothing was sacred. He attacked anyone and everything for anything. Oh yeah, right. And he he would, I think he would often cross the line. Right. Yeah. Even like I mean, he just died in 2017, and he was performing up until then. Almost. He lived a really long time. Lived a wildly long life. Oh right? yeah, like he was in his 90s. I think so, when he passed. Yeah, I believe so. Um. And some of his humor might be, you know, even even then when he was doing it, it was offensive. Yeah. But he got away with it because it wasn't coming from a place of, like, attacking people. Like, mm-hmm. even though he was, like, you know, making fun of them, saying funny things about them. Right. And insulting them. It wasn't, like, coming from a place of superiority where I'm better than you. I'm making fun of you because I'm better than you. Right. I'm just going to – I'm poking fun at everything in the world around me. Right. Um. Equal opportunity offender. Yeah, equal opportunity offender. I think that's why he got away with it, too. That's mm-hmm. one of the things I saw was, like, someone explaining why Don Rickles can make fun of race, which he often did, mm-hmm. and why he could get away with it, whereas someone at the same time, like Michael Richards from Seinfeld, Kramer, mm-hmm. he had that rant where he attacked someone over their race. Right. Right. Don Rickles wasn't attacking one particular person or one particular race mm-hmm. and putting them down because of their race by making himself seem superior. Right. He was bringing everyone down. Yeah. To, to make everyone equal at the same time. Right. Right. Uh, but uh, he started in, the, in bunches and bunches of movies and TV shows. Uh, the man with the x-ray eyes. He was a carnival barker in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in the twilight zone. Uh, most people will remember him though as the voice of Mr. Potato Head in the Toy Story series. Really? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's that. That is the entirety of the cast. There is one other cast member, the Hand. Yes. But we could not figure out who was doing his voice. Who's the voice of Morty? Yeah, Morty was his name. Yeah. Right. Um. Or at least that was the was was his hand actually named Morty or was that just the, the dummy's name? name was Mort? Okay, yeah. Mort. Yeah. yeah. So at times I was like, let's maybe Don Rickle, but you pointed out at times you heard Bobcat. Yeah. Yeah. So we really don't know. Yeah. So all right, let's go. Okay, now we can go into the breakdown. <laughs> right. I would. Uh, um, you just cut yeah. the previous one. I might not. I might just be like, we we're so excited. Oh, yeah. do, you, do you want me to do no, the no, Crypt no. Keeper part? No, just just start oh, wherever okay. you want to start from. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Toot toot. <laughs> the show starts with Mr. Ingalls is playing a show at a resort with his dummy, Morty. Don Rickles is doing Don Rickles jokes yeah. on stage. A young Billy is watching and absolutely loving it. After the show, Billy gets an autograph and says that when he grows up, he wants to be a ventriloquist like Mr. Ingalls. Behind him, his mom says, no, you're going to be a doctor. Ingalls leans down and says, if you need any tips or suggestions, look me up. Yeah. Ingalls leaves as Billy sees a woman in a tight dress entering Mr. Ingalls' dressing room. In the dressing room, the woman asks Ingalls if their date tonight is still on. Ingalls says, I'm not feeling very well. But Mort the dummy says... Yeah, we're still on baby cakes, and the woman laughs. Basically, yeah, like Mr. Ingalls is doing a joke. 
as Billy is practicing talking uh, without moving his lips in bed, which mm-hmm. is, by the way, his mom's like, turn the fucking light off. <laughs> and doing a horrible job. Yes. Oh, no, he's horrific. <laughs> At this point, Billy has no chance. No. But Billy's like, what would you say, like 11? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in bed at the resort, have like looking at his autographed photo, Mr. Ingalls, practicing. He's just about to go to bed when he notices the clubhouse where the performance was, took place earlier is now on fire. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. 15 years later. <laughs> Does it say 15 years yes. later? Okay. Yeah. An adult Billy arrives with his dummy named Timmy to a crummy old dirty house. He walks up practicing what he's going to say to introduce himself to Mr. Ingalls. Mm-hmm. Ingalls thinks that it's a bill collector, but Billy shows his dummy through the window and Billy says, I've been driving for three days and I won't leave until I talk to you. He talks through Tim and he clearly can't move. He can't not move his lips. Yeah. He's hor- he like he's horrible. Yeah. Ingalls lets him in. Reluctantly, by the way. Billy says it's been 15 years, but Ingalls said that if uh, he ever needed tips, that he would look them up. Mm-hmm. That's a really long time. Yeah. To yeah. hold on to a look me up. One. Yeah. Yeah. And he says that, hey, I saw your last performance. So th- it's been 15 years since Ingalls has performed, mm-hmm. ever since the fire. Yeah. Billy notices Morty the dummy is in a box on a shelf, and he goes to walk towards it. Ingalls yells at him very angrily to stop and that Morty and him are retired. Billy uh, looks at a news clipping from the fire in which a woman died. Mm -hmm. The woman that was actually in the dressing room with Ingalls. Ingalls says he didn't know how the fire started and that he lost everything that night, showing Billy a stump covered in a veil, which was his right hand. You're already laughing because you know. (laughs) Billy said that tonight is his first performance, and it's an amateur night at the exact same venue that 15 years ago he last saw Mr. Ingalls, and he was asking if he could come and critique his performance. By the way, as Billy is talking to Ingalls in his dilapidated house, he notices a loose board on the floor. Uh Uh-huh. And it's yeah. kind of a throwaway little shot. It, it's it, it's kind of like uh, Chekhov's floorboard. Yes. If you're going to show that floorboard, you better use it later on. Right. Yeah. Wink, wink. Yeah. Nudge, nudge. And Ingalls refuses. Yes. Billy starts to leave, but before he does, he tells Ingalls that he was his idol. Ingalls says, you forgot your act, which, by the way, was Timmy the dummy that yeah. was on a couch. Yeah. Actually, he goes, hey, okay, what's your name? And he goes, Billy. He goes, Billy, you forgot your act. Right. <laughs> what an asshole. And right before Billy leaves, Ingle says, I'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Later that night at the show, Billy is about to go on stage. He's super fucking nervous. Mm-hmm. And he, but he does see Ingles has shown up. And now it's on. Billy goes on stage. Before his first joke, his dummy's head falls off. Yeah. And rolls into the front row. He's it's horrible. The performance, he just and there he bombs. Was, there was a showgirl doing a song very yeah. out of key, like the girls on that sex line. Mm-hmm. And when Billy goes on, the crowd starts booing and they some of them start yelling, Bring back the girl with the tits. Yep. That's exact yep, that's exactly what yeah. happened. It's pretty hilarious. And this kid is bombing. Yeah. Ingles, he can't even get a joke out. Yeah, he can't even get a joke out. He's just muttering, and it's just spiraling out of control. Ingles starts to cheer him on. Like, Come on, kid. You got this. Billy starts to announce that he is proud that Mr. Ingles is a special guest tonight at the show. But him saying that is completely drowned out by all the boos of the mm-hmm. crowd. Ingles looks disappointed and walks away to go to the bar. After the show at the bar, a hooker tries to talk to Mr. Ingalls, and she says, quote, you're cute like my grandfather. I have a special today on family members. Okay, here's the thing. Here's That's the gross part for me. Mm-hmm. Because there's someone credited in that scene as woman at bar. I know who that is. Who is it? It's his daughter. Yes, it is. It's Don Rickles' <laughs> daughter. So Don Rickles' daughter plays a hooker trying to get with Don Rickles. Yeah. 
and says he looks like her grandfather. And that she has a special on family members. God. <laughs> That's so fucked up. So Mr. Ingalls refuses her services. Billy arrives at the bar and Ingalls says, kid, you were terrible and you should probably choose another career path. A very sad Billy thanks him and apologizes for the wasted trip. Billy leaves. Ingalls' hand starts to move under his veil and he starts to breathe really heavily. He walks to the hooker and asks if she would like a drink. <laughs> Who's his daughter? Uh, later, Billy is upset and cursing at himself outside for being a failure. And he actually tosses his, his dummy into a dumpster. Yeah. When all of a sudden he hears a woman scream. It's the hooker. She's dead and in a car. Billy smells gasoline all over her body and her throat has been ripped out. All the people around the car say that they witnessed an old man running from the car. Billy leaves and goes to Mr. Ingalls' house. First, though, he's decent, and he covers her face. Like, her eyes are wide open. Yeah. You see her throat, her gory throat, mm-hmm. and he's very nice to cover her up. Well, for 98% of this story, yeah. Billy is innocent, Yeah, sweet, like, he he needs confidence. I don't think Billy actually does anything wrong throughout the episode. Really? Is that so wrong? Yes. What happens later on so wrong? Yes. He didn't kill anybody. We'll get there. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so Billy leaves the the dead woman in the car to go to Mr. Ingalls. He confronts him as he's about to shoot something into his arm, mm-hmm. and Billy calls him a junkie. Billy said, you killed her. You smell like gasoline. You were going to start a fire just like you killed that woman 15 years ago. Ingalls says... That he sets the fires, but he didn't kill the women. He says that Morty killed the women. Billy doesn't believe that his inanimate dummy killed these women. Engel says that Mort hates women because he can't have them in, quote, a normal way. Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Billy says, (laughs) this is great. Billy says, I know a place where you can get help, Mr. Ingalls, where people will understand. (laughs) Ingalls says that he isn't crazy and Billy should leave before Mort kills him. Billy grabs Morty's box on the shelf from earlier to prove that Mort can't hurt anyone and that he's just a dummy. He opens the box, but the dummy does not have a head. Dun, 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 dun. He turns around just in the nick of time to see Mr. Ingalls swing at him with a cleaver, and Billy avoids it. They struggle, and Billy falls to the ground. Ingalls says, look at that, and Billy sees a small mask on the ground. Ingalls says that Mort is his brother and reveals, lifts the veil, and that his right hand, which we thought was a stump, <laughs> is actually... A real person attached <laughs> at the wrist with little flailing arms and a baby's size head yeah, and where like, the fist should be. And these bulging eyes. Oh, this is what we he call. Talks like this. No, actually, that's terrible. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I yeah, will never... what are you talking about? Yeah, that's what he sounds yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I do a perfect impersonation <laughs> of Mort the dummy? What are you talking about? There you we get, go. Get my point. And by the way, this is where business picks the fuck up. <laughs> this is where I jumped up and start, was like waving my hand going, oh, 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 oh it's <laughs> happening. Ingalls says, we were twins, but nature didn't work out. So we decided to get into show business. Mort says, we decided to put our heads together and Mort and Ingalls laugh. Billy, obviously, is fucking horrified. <laughs> and Engel says, for 15 years, I've had Morty doped up, and you ruined it. Engel starts to whack at Billy, but he blocks but he blocks every uh, whack with the cleaver. As Mort says, that he was the brains of the operation and the real funny one. I love that this is the turning point. <laughs> all Mort says is, all of this was my idea. I was the reason we were successful as yeah. a comedy act. I was the funny one. And Ingalls immediately turns his attention to Mort and chops him off his hand. No, okay. So so at first, he he held down Billy. Mr. Ingalls held down Billy, mm-hmm. right? And was going to chop him. 
and oh, the whole he, and he has to pin him down with, with Mort. Mort. So Mort's all like rubbing up on his face it's and going gross. like, "Kill him! Kill him! Kill him! <laughs> Do it! Do it!" <laughs> so good. It's so gross. As Ingalls is chopping his own arm off, or his brother, I guess. Yeah. Mort says, what are you doing? The Ingalls says, I'm splitting up the axe. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it. Billy says, you'll be okay, Mr. Ingalls. And Mr. Ingalls, now that he's chopped his hand off, uh-huh. he says, no, Billy, it's okay. I'm finally free. And Mort... <laughs> Mort pops up out of nowhere in the kitchen and he goes, Oh, contraire, mine frere, I'm free. <laughs> His little head pops up behind the table. So fucking funny. Oh, this is a little baby like with like covered in sweat and slime. <laughs> oh, contraire, mine frere. It's great. Mort waddles over to Mr. Ingalls and bites at his throat. <laughs> well, yeah. Billy just watches. Billy watches for a second and then he grabs more and pulls him, which in turn rips Mr. Ingalls throat out <laughs> and kills him. Yeah. And Mort walks away. When I say walk, he waddled with yeah. his little flailing baby arms yeah. while going whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I want to watch this again. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's so fucking good. <laughs> But Billy grabs a baseball bat and he says, quote, all right, you fucker. I'm going to park you in the cheap fucking seats. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And Billy uh, starts searching the kitchen for Mort. Mort throws a knife and it sticks directly in Billy's bat. And Mort says, get the point. (laughs) Billy starts wailing at everything in the kitchen. Mort is... uh, back next to Ingalls' body and said and said heads up right as billy swings at him he moves out of the way and billy smashes Ingalls' skull <laughs> with a baseball bat his dead body just got him <laughs> and i ladies and gentlemen yeah. and fiends out there i hope i do this next part justice okay this may be my favorite moment <laughs> In Tales from the Crypt history, Mort is taunting Billy while standing on the same loose board on the floor from earlier. Billy notices this, stomps his foot on the other side of the board. Morty flies into the air and Billy hits him with the bat. Morty flies directly across the room and lands smack dab in a manual meat grinder. <laughs> Mort says, what are you doing? Billy starts rotating the meat grinder and says, I'm making asshole casserole. <laughs> and and Mort is like, oh God, not, 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 not the meat grinder. Not oh the God. meat grinder. Don't do oh it. Oh God. I, I hope that I can Somehow put just asshole became. casserole in a future <laughs> sentence that I say. So I just like transitioned to the Berkowitz while I was doing that. <laughs> That's great. Morty starts to plead for his life and offers him a deal. He says, I'll do anything. Billy says, anything? And he immediately smiles. Here's where he fucked up. <laughs> the next scene, Billy and Mort are playing a show yeah. together as a comedy act with it- Mort obviously being the dummy. Yeah, he is dressed up in his old dummy attire. With so basically, it's it's the yeah. it's the Mr. Ingalls act, but now it's Billy. Yeah. Morty starts to flirt with the woman who's in the front row, and Billy starts to get upset and whispering to Morty, saying, "Hey, you're going off script." Billy starts to get upset. At this point, Mort says that the deal's off, and immediately starts fusing his body with. Billy's right hand. Yeah, like you can't see what's happening, but Billy is screaming, and the audience is getting up and running out. Yeah, and then he, then uh, the dummy's costume falls off, and yeah. you actually see Billy's mangled hand has now fused with the body of Morty, which, by the way, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's science. Don't question it. Okay. <laughs> 
So after he fuses, Billy starts to scream uncontrollably as the crowd flees the auditorium and the episode fades to black. <laughs> and the crypt keeper says, doesn't Billy deserve a hand? <laughs> yes, he does for this excellent episode. <laughs> God damn it. That's it. That's it. That's yes. S. S. S tier. 100%. Asshole like I casserole. Said, yes. Like I said at the start, this is the kind of episode you think about when you think about Tales from the Crypt. Right. It, it's it's that perfect formula of funny, yeah, dark, mm-hmm. a little bit of like suspense, mm-hmm. and there's always a crazy twist. The only thing that I would say is not in the normal formula in this episode is the villain doesn't get his comeuppance. Yeah. Like technically Mort is the villain. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. the dummy is the villain. He doesn't really, nothing happens to him. Right. Really. I mean, he almost gets grinded, but <laughs> he gets it. partially grinded because some of his meat does get, does come out. That's true. But also like what we said earlier, when you were like, Billy is still a good person. And I'm like, I don't think the decision to team up with Morty. I mean, obviously, it's been his dream since he was a child to be a ventriloquist. Yeah. But it doesn't fit the character. No, it's weird. Because he's so mortified once he understands. Well, at the same time, he does get his chance to be. At the same time, he does get his chance to live his dreams. For a second. For Yeah. Well, actually, I think it implies that he's been doing it for some time because he looks a lot more confident. His oh yeah, 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 for he has sure. a different haircut. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Still, I it's like that thing where it, you're like would you would you fulfill your dream but in a really dark way? I guess I Billy would. Huh? I guess Billy would. Oh, Billy definitely yeah. would. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, at this point he's like in his mid to late 30s. Yeah. He's not Billy. He's William. Yeah, dude. Call yourself Bill. Come on. Come You're on. Bill now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cuz he was like balding but with a ponytail. Actually, you know what? I think Billy uh, Billy is a good name for a comedian. Oh, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> you figure out what movie that's from. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing because the first half is kind of formulaic, goes by the yeah. numbers, suspense, like it's building. But then once it's revealed that Mort is real yeah. and, and like a conjoined twin with just a head and rubbery arms. Yeah. <laughs> Gold, I, baby. I think I might have mentioned it at the top, but you know, when going in, I was like, this is just going to be another ventriloquist dummy controlling his the puppet master deal, right? I kind of looked at it at the time, and I was like, how much how, can, how much further can they put into this? How much more can they put into this? Right. And then the reveal came. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it it turned my day around. It's, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that, because I remember my favorite childhood spooky story mm-hmm. was the ventriloquist dummy story from goosebumps oh yeah yeah uh, i can't slappy. remember the name of it slappy is that was that the name of the dummy that's the name of the dummy yeah i it yeah. scared the shit out of me when i was a kid uh my son was you know he's 20 now or gonna be 20 next month but uh he loved those when he was you know uh preteen. yeah i right. mean goosebumps for us like 80s and 90s kids were dope i was a little too old for them Right. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they had, they were a good uh, uh, introductory horror for kids. Oh, yeah. I yeah. would say that was probably my very first introduction to horror. Yeah. Was Goosebumps. It's good shit. Uh, so, I think Nally's was um, Scary Stories You Tell in the Dark. Oh, yeah. Those, um, those books that don't have great stories, but have the, the art. The art is, who's the artist on that? I don't know, but it was, they're still terrifying. Yeah. The art is horrifying. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Wonderfully invocative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I don't remember what my first introduction was. I know my parents were a little um, permissive in what they let me watch. Mm -hmm. uh, Way more than they were my siblings. Huh. Like, my dad took me to see Return of the Jedi when I was five, six years old. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, it came out in 83, so I would have been five years old, right? But then uh, when my sister, who is about 20 years younger than me, uh, was about five years old, I was trying to watch Star Wars with her. And my dad was like, that's inappropriate for someone her age. 
Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Times change, I guess. Right. I don't know. Are we ready to get to the comic? Yeah, yeah. It's not as good. It's no, it's not as good. Um yeah. So S <laughs> tier, uh, I would definitely say that this is C. This might be top ten all time tales episodes. Oh I, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Comic, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, the ventriloquist dummy from Tales from the Crypt number 28. When was it published, do you know? February 1952. There we go. My man. All right. Uh, 70 years ago, last month. Happy yeah. anniversary. All right. Happy anniversary. Written by Bill Gaines with art by ghastly Graham Ingalls. And I have to apologize. I could not find out who did the coloring for this one. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, The old witch recounts a tale told to her by Broadway star Larry Douglas. Douglas, then the director of entertainment at a fancy resort, seeks out his old friend Charles. Charles was once a successful ventriloquist, but became a recluse after a dancing girl he worked with was found chewed to death by rats. Douglas asks Charles to come to perform at the resort. Though at first reluctant, Charles does accept the offer. His first and only night on stage, he kills the audience. Like, figuratively, not... (laughs) Jesus! Later, Douglas finds an audience member, a woman that Charles Dummy had flirted with during the performance, dead. Gnawed to death by tiny teeth. Nom, 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 nom. Suspicious, Douglas goes to confront Charles. However, Douglas finds Charles hacking at his wrist with a meat cleaver. Then Douglas discovers the truth. Charles Dummy was actually his disfigured, evil vestigial twin, joined at Charles' wrist. Dun, dun, dun. dun. So this one actually does a lot more telling than showing. To honestly, minus the reveal of the ventri- the origin of the ventriloquist yeah. dummy actually being real in yeah. a person, completely different. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's mostly just the conversation when uh, Larry goes to visit Charles. Right. That's it. in a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't That's know. It. It's completely different. It's, but. it's really weird because like. Larry Douglas is a real person. Or was a real person. Yeah. He was a real Broadway star. Huh. Yeah, he was um uh he was in the original cast of The King and I. He was in the original cast of The Music Man. Mm-hmm. He would he was the lead in The Music Man. He was the one who was going, There's trouble in River City that starts with the T, which rhymes with P with Sansa Pool. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> You've never seen The Music Man? No. Oh, dude. No, I'm gonna when this is done, I'm gonna play that song for you and that bit. As long as we can watch the last half of the episode. Oh, yeah, we'll do that too. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to show you that song from The the Music Man, Uh and you're going to love it. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. So, and, uh, but that's, uh, yeah. Um, It's really weird that they chose this real Broadway star to be the person who's retelling the story. Well, I'm assuming that it's just coincidence. What? The, The name. No, it's not coincidence. Like it is, they actually drew him to be. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, let me find my phone here. I'll show you a picture of um, Larry Douglas. Yeah. So the Larry Douglas character is legitimately like. Well, yes. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I say it's weird because you know, back you know, like we talked about in our very first episode, we've talked about since then. Um, these were attacked by Congress and moralizers as being for kids. Right. Kids would have had no idea who Larry Douglas is. <laughs> this was strictly for adults living in New York City. Right, right, right. I have to. There's a lot of Larry Douglases out there. So, <laughs> if you're a Larry Douglas, please let us know on Twitter. Oh no, that's him. Yeah, that's yeah. him. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So let's go into the breakdown. Let's do it. By the way, one like Bruce said, this is a story from Tales from the Crypt number 28, but it is narrated by the old witch. Mm-hmm. So this is a story from her cauldron. Oh, by the way, hmm. they change a name. Charles becomes Charles becomes Mr. Ingalls. Do you know why? No. Because Ghastly Graham Ingalls drew this uh, comic. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. But in the comic, he's Charles Jerome. Yeah. He has two first names. Yeah. Oh, huh. That's weird. Anyway. You never trust anyone with two first names. D- no, definitely. Never, ever, d- ever. D- especially three. Yeah. Oof. The story starts with Larry Douglas visiting his old friend, Charles Jerome, after years of not seeing him. 
He visits him in his hotel room. Larry notices his warm smile is gone and he's become pale. Larry is curious why Charles is retired from being quite possibly the best, best ventriloquist in the country. His left hand that he used for his act is now covered by a uh, shawl or, mm-hmm. a, you know, cloth. He says, he explains that at some point in the flashback, he kept, he always kept it covered. Right. Because it, to protect his hand it. is how he made his money. Right. Like he would use uh, mittens mm-hmm. and stuff. So no one ever really saw his left hand. Right. By the way, little tidbit, in the comic, he uses his left hand. Yeah. In the episode, he uses his right hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Weird. Larry asks Charles why, if he's retired, that he still covers his hand. And all oh, he does hey, is... hang on a second. I think I know why. Why? Because back then, there was a stigma for using your left hand. Oh. So, uh, and they would, like, uh, they would beat the shit out of kids for using their left hand or right and stuff. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so they made it his left hand, so that way he could be a righty, because people would notice if he was trying to use his left hand to write shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, Charles responds, it's just a force of habit. Larry tries to find his dummy, Morty, in the case. Charles yells at him to not touch the case under any circumstances. Larry offers him a job at a resort that Larry is now the entertainment director for. Larry says... It'll put you back on top. And Charles says, I'm through performing. Larry remembers how successful Charles used to be. Flashback time. <laughs> Larry Larry remembers. How Char- I'm sorry. Sorry. I just, I made that up. <laughs> Keep it. Keep it around. Take it home with you. <laughs> yeah. Get my point. Larry remembers how Charles spoke of Morty like he was a real person and always covered his left hand. Larry thought it was always a publicity stunt. Larry was Charles's agent back in the day. And Charles got offers from Hollywood, so Larry sold his account to Hollywood and made a bunch of money. And it was that, that was the last time that they spoke. But Larry kept up with Charles in the newspapers. One day, Larry read a newspaper with the article that Charles Jerome leaves the show business after a mysterious death of a dancer that he worked with on the same bill. The cop says that she was attacked by a horde of rats based on the bite marks all over her body. And Larry heard very little of Charles after that incident. Now, back in the present day, Larry is about to leave, hoping that Charles will change his mind. A few days later, bing, he just does. (laughs) Charles shows up and Larry is very excited. That night, Charles is set to perform his first act in years. The crowd is in awe of how lifelike Morty the dummy looked and how seamless he spoke. Morty tells a woman up front, I see you tonight after the show and winks at her. The audience is loving it. After the show, Larry goes to congratulate Charles on a great uh, successful comeback, but security says that he went directly to his hotel room right after he got off stage. Larry goes in Charles's room. But before he knocks, he overhears Charles and Morty arguing in a heated exchange over the remark that Morty made to the woman. Larry knocks and Charles oh, hang answers. Hang on real quick. I'm going to throw something in here real quick. Real quick. Uh-huh. When they show, um, one thing I wanted to point out real quick, uh, when they show Charles and Morty on stage, mm-hmm. they tell the beginning of a joke that is finished in the episode. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so he says uh, in the in the comic, he says there's more more than one way to do astronomy. Yeah, and in the show, he says, "So I took out my telescope and showed her." Wow. Yeah, and she's like, and he was like, and then she was really seeing stars that night. They finished the punchline of a joke fifty years later. <laughs> yeah, that's epic, <laughs> and a dumb joke at that. <laughs> that's wonderful. I never. That's great. Good catch. Larry, but it's funny that they were telling a dirty joke in the comic that, again, they, only adults would get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't finish it. That's great. Larry knocks, finally, and Charles answers the door. Larry congratulates Charles. Charles says, thank you, but I'm really tired. I got to go to bed. Larry leaves. Later that night, Larry hears screaming 
and goes to investigate. Larry trips over a dead woman's body like it had just been chewed up by rats. Larry looks for Charles, but he's vanished. Dun, 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 dun. Larry looks in Charles' dummy box in his room, and the dummy, the dummy's body has no head, and there's makeup in the case. Yeah. Which he, or he wonders to himself, why do you need makeup for a dummy? It's painted on. <laughs> Another shout is heard, and, and it leads Larry to the kitchen where the chef st- says, the ventriloquist stole my cleaver. <laughs> Larry noticed that Charles' mitten is on the ground. Larry hears Charles from the bushes, and Charles says, I'm going to get rid of you once and for all, you little beast. Morty starts screaming, and the two voices start to overlap. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And Larry thinks to himself, wait, two voices? Larry moves bushes to witness Charles chopping his left forearm off as Morty's nausea, and I'll quote, Morty's nauseating fanged head, shriveled and ugly, rolled to Larry's feet. Yeah. This part I did not like it, because they don't show things and then they do a terrible job telling you what's happening. It's like just one panel. It's only one panel and I'll, I I really, I'm all about the art mm-hmm. when it comes to these comics. Yeah. It's a miss. Yeah, the miss isn't great. The, like, the visual storytelling is mm-hmm. off. Uh, Ghastly Graham Ingalls is great. Legend. But everyone has an off day, and this was his off day. I, yeah, I think it was an off yeah. day. I, I think if he would have had the chance to redo these panels to better tell oh, a story. Yeah. They be, were, I, it, it felt rushed. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. But uh, Morty's tiny head rolls up to Larry's feet, and Larry says, oh, my God. <laughs> Char... <laughs> That is, I guarantee you, audience, that is not what Larry Douglas sounded like. He wishes it sounded like this. Well, I wish, I guess he does, because he's dead. Uh, he, aw. <laughs> Too soon. Really? <laughs> I think he died in like 96. Right. Eh, I'm over it. Char- Charles, fall- <laughs> Charles falls forward, and Larry knew why his left hand was always covered. It's because it was a head that had grown from Charles's wrist. Charles says, I had to. Ten years ago, Morty took over my body and killed that dancer girl. I grew up deformed, and as I got older, it deformed into it, it informed into a ball with dead eyes. Once it began to talk, that's when I became a ventriloquist. Larry says, that explains the realistic movements of Morty. <laughs> What? You're you, this shocking revelation, and you're like, so that's how he does it, huh? Weird. So stupid. <laughs> Charles explains that he kept the head drugged, but the offer to work again made Morty take over Charles's body. Which, by the way, in both the episode and the comic, yeah, the. The the straight man in all these stories yeah. is the 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 reason that this evil Morty wakes up. Right? Why? Yeah. He talked. Because yeah. he's like, just, "Hey, do you want to play a show again?" And all of a sudden, this drugged Siamese twin is like, "I have the power again." <laughs> it doesn't just, make any sense. It's just that stardom monster. You know, <laughs> everybody needs that limelight. <laughs> Larry tells Charles that he's gonna go get a doctor. When Larry returns. Charles is dead, torn to shreds by Morty's teeth. Charles and Morty had killed one another. Yeah, and again, they don't show it. He leaves, comes back, and like, oh, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I don't know if this was a, I don't want to draw, I want to draw easy uh, uh, scenes. No, I think it was, this was just a five-page story. Yeah, it was they, very short. They, the front of it was heavy. Oh, yeah. And they had to rush the ending. Mm, I could see that. Uh, that's really the end yeah, of the story. And the old witch says, if you ever see a ventriloquist and their hand is a little too far inside the dummy, look out. Uh-oh. And I, one thing I do love, uh-huh. as the old witch is saying goodbye, yeah. she's holding Morty's head. Yeah. It's yeah. so tiny in her hands. You know, if they had been on the ball with this, they could have sold shrunken Morty heads in the oh, catalog yeah. of this. Yeah. He could have been the mascot. Right. For sure. <laughs> The episode's way better. 
Because one, the comedy way, way sticks. Better. What's that? The comedy sticks. Yes. And they turned what I think originally was just, they wanted a shocking ending. Like, da-da-da, look yeah. at it. They w- turned it into like Evil Dead ridiculousness. Yes. With the baseball bat and the meat grinder. It's just... It feels like something you would see in an early Sam Raimi film. Like oh, Evil yeah. Dead, Evil Dead 2. Or let me start that over because I mumbled again. It feels like something you'd see in the Evil Dead or Evil Dead Two, but it also feels like reanimated or from beyond. Right, right, for sure. Episode S tier. I'm gonna give the comic a B minus. I go C just because they do they they don't show they tell and they do a bad job telling. It's phoned in. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good way. But but this is one of the instances where. You know, we talk, we've talked about this before where there are certain horror franchises or movies or ideas or stories that are being remade mm-hmm. for modern times. Yeah. This is this almost the exact example of The Blob where this remake is so much better. Oh, yes. Than yeah. the original. And I, that, I stand by the opinion that I don't want to see great movies remade. Uh-huh. I want to see bad movies with a good premise yeah. remade. Yeah. Because you're giving it a second chance. Mm-hmm. Like, not that I want Seed of Chucky to be remade, but there legitimately is a heartwarming story about your identity and sexual identity yeah. and, and uh, gender identity wrapped into this crazy bonker story. Yeah. You know, but you could remake that into a legitimate drama. Mm-hmm. You know, with this, it's like, yeah, the idea of the basic idea of the ventriloquist dummy being real. Uh Now you take that nugget and put it in a way better context Uh of this wacky ass story. And it's gold and it's all time classic. Absolutely. Yeah. God damn. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So what's going on next time? What's next time is we're covering Judy. You're not yourself today. Based on the story from Tales from the Crypt, number 25. Did you know this? I actually wrote it down this time. That's the only reason I know it. (laughs) Thank you, by the way. But guess what we have? What do we have? Fucking social media. We do. You can find (laughs) (laughs) Wow, we certainly do. Bruce, why don't you go ahead and let them know what social media we got. Yes, you can find me at Mr. Spooky Bruce on the Twitter machine. And you can find Ryan at Horror Ryan on the Twitter machine. And you can find the podcast at Crypt Keepers Pod on the Twitter machine. Twitter machine? (laughs) You're like, oh, hold on. Beep, boop, 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 boop. I turned on the Twitter machine. We're good. All on the Twitter machine. And Instagram. And Instagram, yes. I'm not on, well, I am on Instagram, but I don't use it. Oh, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. private, baby. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's our public account. I have uh, a friend that, for some reason, he won't text me, mm-hmm. but he'll message me through Instagram. <laughs> really? Yeah. I got some friends that will only communicate via Facebook chat oh, messenger even though we have each other's numbers oh no my wife is that way it's weird weird yeah i don't know <laughs> but uh you can also email us yeah with our at, email address at cryptkeepershow at the gmail.com the gmail.com <laughs> i'm surprised we don't have an aol account oh we should we totally should <laughs> but if you have any questions concerns think that we're poop think that we're great yeah let us know out, reach out to us on social media and Leave a rating, and if you can, leave a rating and review on the podcast app of your choice. We want to thank everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and see you soon, kitties. <laughs> In the oh, back yeah. catalog of this, yeah. He could have been the mascot. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs>